friend, counselor, leader, comforter, father, savior. These are some of the key words that come to my mind when I think about Jesus. As a friend, he showed us an example. As a comforter, he showed us a pattern. He even showed us how to handle fame. He showed us how to treat other people. So every week on this podcast, it will unpack the personality, love, and grace of Jesus. So that as we know more of him, we become like him. Truly Christ-like. Jesus Revealed Podcast will take you on a journey of intimacy with God. Philippians chapter 1, verse 14 to 16. Most of the brothers in the Lord have gained confidence from my imprisonment and dare even more to speak the message fearlessly. To be sure, some preach Christ out of envy and strive, but others out of goodwill. Just do so out of love, knowing that I am appointed the defense of the gospel hello and welcome to jesus revolt podcast if this is your first time thank you for joining and if you're a returning listener i'm excited that you are here and you have returned for more edifying content the scripture i've read is philippians chapter 1 from verse 14 to 16 and in the book of philippians paul was writing to the people of philippi um, a roman province and he had started the chapter by giving thanks and you know he went on in the later part of it to talk about the advancement of the gospel and you know when i read this i mean for only i don't know the number the uh, fifth sixth time reading philippians and i found that a verse of it stood out for me and it's verse 16 really so this do so out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel, the defense of the gospel. And thinking about it, I, I began to ponder on what defending something means. What does it mean to defend something? And then talk more of defending the gospel of Christ, defending the essence of our Christian life. You know, what does it really mean? And it occurred to me that defending something is, you know, standing your ground for that thing. It means that come what's me, no matter what that particular person or thing is accused of, you will defend the person. It's like presenting a case in the court and then you have um, a lawyer that defends your case. You know, the person advocates for your freedom, advocate that, oh, this person has done nothing wrong and this person needs to be released. So in the same way, and you know, for, for a, def- a lawyer that would defend you would have all the information to defend you. What that person would be seeking for is to, is your freedom that you get out of that ugly situation. Um, I love how, I love how, uh, the NLT said, said, they preach because they love me for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. And, you know, thinking about this, I felt like every Christian, we have been assigned or appointed to defend the good news. It is primarily our job to defend the good news. And, you know, defending the good news is probably 
uh, synonymous to going to all the world and preaching the gospel to the north to the south the to the very length and breadth of breadth of this universe to preach the gospel and you know thinking about it on the other hand means that you will defend the gospel against naysayers you will defend your church your assembly the assembly of christian that you worship with you will defend apostles that god has placed over your life you will defend every single thing that glorifies the gospel that glorifies the will of god and sometimes it might it might seem crazy to say that oh i mean we don't need to defend the gospel god can defend himself of course <laughs> However, Paul said this in this writing to the Philippians. He said, For you know, everyone, that I have been appointed to defend the gospel. And we might want to say that, oh, Paul was an apostle, he was a preacher. And so the defense of the gospel is only for apostles, it's not for church members. But the truth is that we have all been called onto the ministry of reconciliation. We have been called into this ministry of bringing people, other believers, into salvation. So it therefore becomes our responsibilities also to defend the gospel or as much or to say part of our responsibility to defend the gospel. Um, I also thought about how defending something can mean also knowing the truth of that thing because it's only when you know the truth of that particular thing that you are able to actually tell the story differently uh, you know the way there are so many stereotypes about different ethnic groups or different or, or africa as a continent if you don't know the truth you know if you don't know your own history your own story become very difficult to really defend africa to tell the story of africa so if you have not devoted yourself to the study of the world if you have not devoted yourself to you know really understanding what the gospel is the very doctrine in it the essence of it the the the, the length and breadth the deep things of the scriptures you know it is very possible that you will not be able to fully stand in your place of defending the gospel. And you know, because apostles like Paul knew what the gospel stood for, it was very easy for them to see or hear of negative things that were outside of the gospel and they were able to call them out. And you know, it was so easy that Paul would say things like, if you hear anyone preach something different from what you have preached to you, definitely run away from such persons. Why? Because what we give to you is the truth and it's the life. So he went on to say that, you all know that I've been appointed to defend the gospel. I have the truth of the gospel. I know what it is and I'm able to defend it anywhere I go to. Paul defended the gospel to the point that he ended in prison. I don't know how many people can defend the gospel like that today. And sometimes defending the gospel might not mean that you're going to end up in the in prison, in, in a physical prison. But sometimes it can also mean that you're going to let go of some things. It could be that you're going to let go of that strong desire to just cave in. You know, to just be in one corner and be unnoticeable. Sometimes the gospel will call you out of your hiding place. It would call you out of your comfort zone. It will call you out of experiences that you you, you, you have internalized. 
sometimes defending the gospel, most times defending the gospel would not be easy. I mean, Paul was writing this letter when he was in prison. And what led him to the prison was the fact that he stood his ground for the gospel. So defending the gospel is not going to be easy peasy, but it is what we have been called to as believers. It is what we we are expected to do. And the truth is, if you don't do it, there are a thousand and one other people that will do it. Uh, Not necessarily because they are ministers or they've definitely seen angels in the sky telling them that, oh, it is your job, I've called you to defend the gospel. So, the truth remains that believers struggle with defending the truth of the gospel often because we don't want to be called names we don't want to be called brainwashed we don't want to be called ignorant we don't want people to say oh this is just this is pastor or church worshiping you people have been they have told you guys lies so we run away from anything that will make people attack the gospel that we claim as saved us but the fact remains that if indeed the gospel of jesus christ saved you your first assignment would be to stand for it anywhere any day and any time so defending the gospel does not have to be getting involved in religious arguments on social media or even amongst your friends and oftentimes this kind of argument that do not lead people to salvation even improve their knowledge of the gospel of christ so defending the gospel would mean as i said before uh, defending your place of worship against attack from non-believers and controversies you know packing your defense with the word of god Defending the integrity of the apostles God has placed over your life, you know, as they also commit to advancing the kingdom. Defending the gospel by preaching the undiluted truths of the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. And defending the gospel with your life. As Paul said in Philippians 3 verse 8, you know, defending the gospel is tantamount to counting all other things as worthless. That is, defend the gospel because that is what really matters when all is said and done. Now, Paul had his understanding by revelation. He realized that he had been placed on earth to defend the gospel and he stood his ground. So Jesus Christ was attacked many times and each time he he would stand firm, maintaining his identity as the Son of God and even going on to talk more about the things that are in Christ for the believers. So Jesus simply told us that we would have different type of attacks. The gospel will be attacked. Christians will be attacked. Believers will be attacked. People in ministry, whether they're standing on the pulpit or they're contributing to the advancement of the kingdom of God on earth, they will all be attacked. But you know what the promise is? So fear not, for I have overcome the world. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that you have learned something. I hope that the word of God stirs your heart into devoting your time to the study of the word. I hope that even as you have listened today, that you begin to think of different ways through which you can defend the gospel and to simply continue daily preaching and telling others about Christ in Jesus' name. See you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Hello there and welcome to this episode of Jesus Revealed Podcast. 
today I'm going to share with you something that I've stumbled on some days or weeks back and I've just been meditating on it and thinking over it. And that's in First Samuel chapter 3. The Bible records that the boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare and prophetic visions were not widespread. Full stop. <laughs> so, I'd seen this, of course, several times in the Bible. And it, it didn't, this understanding that I have or this um, instruction or message or teaching that I got from it didn't come unto me until just now. And I think it's one thing that the Holy Spirit will have us understand even as we go into another phase or season. Um, of course, the Bible records that in the season where the Word of God was very rare, and rare here was because it was scarce. It wasn't, everybody um, was not hearing God, right? It wasn't like, um there were widespread prophetic visions here and there there was nothing like that it was like these prophetic visions were given to just a few and we would see this in the case of samuel and um so when i read that i discovered that if in a season where the word of god was very scarce rare it wasn't that it wasn't there it was just very scarce and then people began to re- regard it or revere it all if so if this word comes from this person it's very precious and you know the way things are rare are treated for instance if it's gold or um any kind of stone that you know you can't just pick up on the street you treat it with the highest form of value and honor so this was like the status of the word of god the teaching and instruction of god prophetic visions and you know all of that even at this time and you know it seemed like even in a season where it seems like people are not hearing god god still speaks and you know thinking about that i thought about how there is a lot of noise even in our days today there's a lot of noise in our societies there's a lot of things happening at the same time uh it seems like we are of course this whole fourth industrial revolution thing technology is advancing at the speed of light we keep saying oh if you're in the tech industry for instance things keep happening like pa 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 <laughs> yeah like just almost simultaneously uh, things are happening at the same time and at this time that it's the end of the year i personally have attended a lot of events and there seems to just be you know there's just that obvious physical noise that you can see like oh so many things are happening at the same time there's so many events and there are people that are just jumping from one event to another you know as a way to cool off in this season and you know even for spiritual events even for spiritual meetings you go from one to another there's a possibility that even in the midst of that you lose sight of the things that god would want to say to you or speak to you why because there's a lot of information that you are consuming so when i saw this i felt like when it seems like there is scarcity of the word of god there are still people that god speaks to when it seems like a lot is happening at the same time there's still something that God would have for you or that God has for you even in that time. Um, 
because I imagine that people were not a lot of people were hearing God, but then God um, spoke to Samuel. So something must have made God speak to Samuel. Perhaps it was the calmness in his mind. Perhaps it was the solitude he maintained. Perhaps it was the fact that he retreated from the noise around him and every other activity that was going on. Perhaps it was the fact that it was just, you know, someone who was consistently in the presence of God. I mean, it could have been a whole lot of things. And even at that time, it wasn't even, he didn't understand what it means to hear God. So what I learned is, if we are ready to listen, we will hear God in this season. And, uh, you know, for me personally, it also seemed like it's also a word of instruction because I mean that there are times in our lives where we feel like, oh, well, God is not speaking to me. I can't hear anything from God. But even in, in, in that time, in those seasons, God still finds a way to reach us. He still finds a way to send us a message, especially when we are calm in our spirit, especially when we take time to retreat from every, you know, activity around us and my distractors from seeing the signals that God is sending. Um, this verse also reminds me of the fact that there are signals that God will be sending us, sending our way in seasons where it looks like nothing is happening at all and everything is just quiet from God. There are spiritual signals he will send us. There are signals that he can even send through people around us. And it just means that we really have to just open our hearts to receive from him. It's that we need to come to a place where we pray for grace to be more alert to signals from God. You know, Samuel was in that place. And if you read First Samuel 3 and you read all the verses of that chapter, you would see that the boy, he had heard God call him, but he didn't know where what, what it was or who it was that was calling. He felt like it was Eli. So he went... So Eli almost three times, oh, you called me, you called me. And then it was then that Eli also, um, you're caught in that weight. That has to be God. I mean, even for a prophet of God, a priest, <laughs> because he had to like, wait, if he's hearing something and it, it's not me, then it probably, it, it, it's a spiritual calling. So sometimes also we will need the guidance of leaders around us that can point us in the direction of the signals. And that's where the messages that we'll be listening to or hearing even in this season, are, they should be pointers to the things that God will speak to us in this season. So they should be pointers to the things that God will speak to us even in this season. So this is to say that, um, you know, the Bible, that there's a portion of the Bible that says, come ye, uh, come out ye and be separate or something like that. That even in this season where a lot is happening, there are still things that God is saying to his children. There are instructions for the season. There are guides for the season. And God will have you know that even when it seems like there's so much going on at the same time, even when it seems like there's so much going on in, outside in the world, and it seems like, oh, the, the, the efficacy of the gospel of the word of God is, is depleting, or there is even no sound doctrine, I am still speaking. I'm still sending sons to you. I'm sending leaders to you to help you, to guide you, to instruct you so that you know you know where to go even in the next phase. It is also to say that um, the grace of God is sufficient for us to help us identify the signals, to help us see when God is speaking at every point in time. So, you know, it's, 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 it's just like you can be listening to music you can be listening to music maybe somebody else close to you is listening is playing um 
some song on the radio there's a tv also in the background and just at that time it's almost impossible to hear anything but even in that moment right when all that is playing around you there's some something it's just possible that your mind is casted on just one thing just one sentence from somewhere and that's just it that's the only thing that you would be able to get or if you're in a lecture and you're listening to somebody speak to you but then your mind is not there at the end of the day you might not get anything out of that maybe just one sentence at the moment where you are most conscious you know of what is happening so it's the same thing with um our relationship with god is that even in a season where it seems that the word of god is is not coming to you or it's not even very clear around you god is still speaking he has never stopped speaking he's consistently speaking the only problem is that we are often opposition to hear him we we get distracted by things around us we we want to really follow the flow and i mean this is also for 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 me even speaking about this and i am thinking of how work particularly has been a whole lot of distraction or maybe something that has you know occupied my mind so much that i barely have the time to say oh this is what god is saying to me even at this time or this is where god would lead me at this time so you know when the holy spirit dropped this in my mind i felt like what okay this is a call for me to you know be separate come to a place of calmness in my spirit a place of um um relaxation you know just you know just stay in the presence of good and have god speak to you it also means that it's also a point where you have to really be sensitive and turn on your signals to receive from god and i hope that as we go in this season of in in this celebration season you know into the new year that the word of god will come alive to you that you are able to see the things that god is saying in spite of all that is going on around you um, regardless of the noise here and there, that you really, really, really are able to hear God in this season, that you're able to pick up the signals He's sending to you, and that your heart is also surrendered, you know, to 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 receive from Him and be able to take instructions from Him and also do all that He will have you do. I hope this has blessed you. Have a wonderful Christmas and a happy New Year. Bye bye.